reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen as celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle, chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Dial 1 for movie stars, dial 2 for streaming stars, dial 3 for TV stars, dial 4 for music stars or press 0 to speak with the star of the show herself, Anita. Hello and welcome to this double episode of the Entertainment Hotline. My name is Anita and I am your host. On today's episode, I chatted with Faye Marseille from Stan Original Series 10 Pound Poms and also Aussie icon Kat Stewart from Paramount Plus's Five Bedrooms. With acting credits like Game of Thrones and Disney's Andor, Faye Marseille is becoming one of the world's most in-demand actors. Now, she stars in the Stan original series 10 Pound Poms as Annie Roberts. Dialing in from her home in London, Faye spoke about living in Bondi, how her grandparents inspired her character and even told me all about her puppy Annie. Then, Cat Stewart. Cat Stewart is one of the most recognisable Australian actors on TV and her popular series Five Bedrooms has just reached its fourth season. Kat chatted to me about the ensemble cast, the evolution of her character Liz, and reveals if there's going to be a fifth season. Stan original series 10 Pound Poms premiered on May 15, and you can stream all episodes now on Stan. Five Bedrooms launched with the first three episodes on Paramount Plus on May 14, with new episodes dropping weekly. Here's Faye Marseille and Kat Stewart. Hi, I'm Faye Marseille and I'm from Stan's 10 Pound Poms. I'm so thrilled to be chatting with you. This show is so, so, so good. It's so much darker than I thought it would be. Yeah, there's a lot going on, isn't there? A lot going on. There's a lot going on. This is, and it's such an interesting period piece. So tell me how you decided to, to go for this role and why this role? Well, um, the classic, I got an audition through and I thought, well, I must, I must, because, you know, <laughs> I need to pay the bills. Um, no, it wasn't that, but it was, it was, <laughs> it was definitely, I got the audition through and, um, I've worked with Joel Wilson, who's one of the exec producers, um, before. So I immediately saw his name and we get on really well. He's a lovely guy. Um, very, very funny and a nice person to work for. So I thought, right, great. Then I oh. saw that it was in Sydney and I thought, well, <laughs> that sounds quite nice. Although I just got a brand new puppy. So I was like, hmm, this is going to be a bit tricky because I've just got this dog. And uh, if I go away, the dog's going to have to go back to the breeder, which she did, but we know the breeder well. Um, anyway, so sorry, I digress. No, I so, want to hear about the dog. I mean, she's amazing. She's a, she's a whippet. Uh, she's called Annie, which is really weird because I got her before I got this no part. Way. Yeah. Yeah, weird. So something it's was so going on. weird. Yeah, was meant to be, I think. I think so. I think so. <laughs> um, so yes. So then I obviously read it. Danny Brocklehurst is a absolute legend, um, BAFTA winning um, writer here in the UK, and um, and I, you know, that 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 was a big sell, and um, <clears throat> I kind of the the character. Rem- was sort of reminded me of of two of my grandparents um so it was quite i don't know it was it was quite easy to imagine no well, not easy but i thought yes i could i could try and um, i could try and play this and i know how how this kind of works with the whole um 
I don't know, the, the, the northern 1950s. My grandparents were obviously growing up at that time. So I had mm. a lot of kind of uh, ideas of how, even just the physicality, how, how this, this character could be played. And um, I just liked her. I liked her spirit. I liked um, that she was more progressive than one might think of a 1950s housewife. Mm. Um, certainly when they get to Australia and, 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 what they encounter in the in the shop in that scene you know and uh, and I just yeah I just liked her spirit so yes it was it was audition and then it was wait and then it was I think did I do a recall no I didn't actually no I, I did quite well I got I got it pretty quickly which um doesn't usually happen so I was very grateful for that <laughs> <laughs> and uh and yeah and there we are taking the dog back to the northeast and oh. <laughs> All right. I'm so I can't wait. To, I don't think I've seen Annie on your Instagram. I'm a little bit disappointed. Well, there's one. There's one picture of Annie. But then I got told that people were stealing whippets in London, right? So I was like, right, Stop. that's it. I'm not putting her on Instagram. I'm is not that having true. A well, there there is a lot of dog theft here in London, England. Oh my- uh, it's so yeah. random. I don't know it's why I'm laughing. Funny. That's not funny. I mean, it, but it is random, isn't it? It's a, it's a weird one. But yes, um, there's a lot of dog theft. So, and she's very pretty. That's <laughs> it. So I thought, oh. no, she's not going on Instagram. No. Um, well, now I'm, I'm disappointed because I'm now I'm just I'm such a dog person. I just I love dogs, and I just love the serendipity of her name. It's gorgeous. Wow. She is on there. You will see one picture of Annie on there. I will so, scroll uh, through and make sure I find it. <laughs> I was going to sort her out a full account, but then I thought, no, I'm, I'm crap at making my own um, content. So, you know, she'd have like one post a year or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's okay because then they grow and, you know, it's just like you could do those little cards that say like one year, <laughs> two years, yeah. three years, little birthday cake. <laughs> Anyway, back to the show. <laughs> Actually, I really do prefer talking about dogs. Let's be honest. Doesn't everybody? Doesn't everyone? <laughs> it's like your little child, isn't it? She really is. She yeah. really, she's got more clothes than I have. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> now you have to do an Instagram just for me, just for Anita. Right, I'll stick one up. Okay. <laughs> but I'm interested. So you said that um you you based these kind of characters or your character in particular, how you played Annie on your grandmother. Is that mm. just something that she was like? Like, because being a very strong, complex person, is that that what your grandmother is like was like? Well, it's based on two of my grandmas. So my mother's mum, um, oh. and then my great grandma, who was alive until I was 18 or 19, I can never remember what year my grand died. Um, and her husband, my great granddad, he was also alive until around that time. And he mm. was a prisoner of war um, wow. in Italy. So he was captured in Dunkirk. So, you know, I was around a, a sort of war hero as a little girl. Um, not that they ever really taught. I mean, he did talk about it, but not in any kind of great detail. And you could see that my granddad was... Not, uh, yeah, I suppose the word is damaged um, mm. by what he saw. And and my grandma, his wife, was like so strong. He did not mess with my, my great-grand. She was, you know, th- those women at that time had to be strong because the men were away fighting and mm. a lot of the men come back, right? So a lot of those women, are ex- you know, had to be strong, had to keep the family going, keep it going. And um, so that grandma had had that side of her of Annie you know that kind of like 
I don't know, strength in spirit. And, and as the season goes on, you'll see more of that behavior from Annie. Um, the first two episodes, she's kind of finding herself and she's kind of trying to work out, okay, this is Australia and this is what we're doing. And all right, all right. So she's more like my mum's mum in that sense. <laughs> but as the season goes on, she becomes very, very, very strong because she has to for, for certain things that go on, which you will see. Mm. Um, <laughs> so yeah, two, two grandmas kind of contributed to that. Um, and also where I'm from. So obviously these characters are from the north. They're from mm. um, Manchester, Stockport area. I'm actually from the other side of the country. I'm from the northeast. But the, the, the kind of... Certainly in those days, the culture is the same. It's mm. hard work. It's, I mean, this is the expression, it's grim up north. It's not, but, you know, um, I'm sure it, it bloody was then. <laughs> Post-war Brit rations, um, crap weather. I mean, you know, it was hard. So, yeah, it, I felt like I had a real in when playing this character because I'd been around women that lived through that those times, you know, wow. two women in well, actually three, but unfortunately my other grandma died when I was quite young. But yeah, so I'd been around those women. I'd seen my granddad's medals. You know, it it was, it wasn't totally removed from my experience from members of my family. So yeah. Mm. It's interesting. Um, at, well, at the time of we're recording this, it's the day after Anzac Day. Do you know much That's about true. Anzac Day? Um, I don't know. I probably should know more, but. No, not I, at all. I do know. I mean, there was, I was staying in bon North Bondi and there's a beautiful, when I was over there filming and there's a beautiful sort of monument, um, just as you walk down to the beach. Mm -hmm. Um, where's, what's that street? I can't remember the name of the street, but yes, I, I know it's, it's to, you know, commemorate soldiers and, and yes, much like our, um, Remembrance Day in the UK. It's, yeah, it's the same. I mean, we do both, but Anzac is Australian New Zealand Army Corps. Actually, you were living right around the corner from me, funnily enough. That's no, why I live no very, very close to there. But no. it's with, um, my grandparents, um, I was talking about this yesterday being Anzac Day. My grandfather, my great grandfather, he, um, my family's from the Philippines and my great grandfather was actually kidnapped by a Japanese submarine and never to be seen again. And wow. it's, yeah, and those stories, like you never, I think we as a generation, don't you think, like I think you and I are ex the exact same age actually, and I think, don't yeah. you think like our generation, we're so far removed from that world that yeah. when you have these moments of what they went through is just so far removed and we are so incredibly lucky. 100%. And, you know, the fact that my granddad was still alive until I was nearly 20 and yet came, you know, from, from a completely different world, a completely different world. You know, I was born in the eighties and basically, you know, was, life was easy, you know, and, mm -hmm. and had great parents and there was no war and there was, you know, the world was, was kind of moving at a million miles an hour and everything was happening. But my granddad, here's this man that, yeah, was in a prisoner of war camp. And, and the, you know, the two lives that we coexisted for, you know, 20 years, but there, there couldn't be any different, you know. But it's just, it's crazy, isn't it? It's just crazy. It just blows, it blows my mind. And watching this, I mean, we are in the thick of the 1950s and that's something that you and I once again have no real concept of because we look at it as history. 
But the way that this show has done it and for everyone who's about to see it, the set and the costumes are just, it's like stepping back in time. It's quite amazing. What was it like stepping onto set every day? I mean, apart from it being raining, um, <laughs> you know, you're like, right. I, got a, I, went, I came from the UK. I didn't need to have rain here. Pretty much. I was quite, I was quite upset about that, actually. Uh, <laughs> I did get, you know, I got told that the winter wouldn't be so bad and bring, you know, bring some shorts and things. I did. And then, you know, it rained. It just constantly rained. <laughs> it was particularly bad. Like, do you remember? It was just like. I do. This is last year. Yeah, last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every Aussie was like, no, no, it's not usually like this. Like, <laughs> don't worry. And I was like, oh, God. I had to go to um, I had to go to uh, Bondi Junction and buy like a big puffer jacket. <laughs> I was freezing. Oh <laughs> I <laughs> love that you have this beautiful accent and you know where Bondi Junction is literally five yeah. seconds up the road from me. It's hilarious. I, I, know, it, I know it all, darling. And I would take like... <laughs> I would take the bus, like the public bus, because I just I felt part of it. I felt part of the gang when I was out there. I really, really enjoyed it. I wish you were still here. <laughs> I know. I would have taken you out. I know. Listen, if we come back, <laughs> please let's, go. Let's, let's do go. it. Let's do it. You know, you already know all the haunts. You probably would be able to tell me. You probably would tell me all the good places that I've missed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we spent we spent a I uh, know, you'll know them all. We've spent a lot of time in like Pado. Yeah. And I've got Oh, babes, Pado. Um, you, Pado. And, you know, we, we, we got around. We enjoyed ourselves. Let's put it that way. But, um, yeah, you'd like Michelle and Warren as well. We could go, we could all go out. That'll oh my God. Them. We could all go out. I'm this, I'm, I'm living for it. Next time you guys are out. Absolutely. But it is, it's such a, I mean, it is, must be such a great city for you. I actually, what I find really fascinating about this show is like, I always knew that the UK and Australia had such a rich history together, not necessarily a great history, but I digress. Exactly. But it's interesting. I did not, I did not realize that immigrants from the UK were treated so poorly. Yeah, neither did I really. Um, neither did I. And I, I suppose reading that, it was kind of like, oh yeah, of course, because, you know, the, the, the scheme that was put in place after the war was, I think the, the tagline was populate or perish or something Oof. along those lines, you know, and, you know, I, I think it was about a million, a million people from the UK over the years made the trip. Mm. And I suppose, yeah, that might have been quite uh, overwhelming for the Aussies that were there. I, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not really sure. People, you know, people get nervous and people get their back up about things they don't understand and mm-hmm. and 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 sort of new things come in their way. And I think obviously this scheme was basically bringing lots of people from, and it wasn't just the UK. You know, there was people from Italy, Germany, mm. you know, mainland Europe. So I don't know. I mean. And I mean, it was yeah. a scary time. They've just come out of war. So yeah. they could probably be like, you know, anyone who is from another community, country, background is a threat. Of course. Yeah. They, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, they, like you said, they've just been in a, in a world war. So it, it, the trust and the kind of welcoming side of, of the human race probably at that time was was kind of quite low, you know. It just, it just like, particularly when your husband in the show can't go to the bathroom. 
he has to go to a different bath. I mean, that that just was mind-boggling to me. I mean, I thought it just don't you think it's just like the most crazy yeah, thing? I do, I do, but to your point, I think, you know, like you said, they come out of a world war. Mm. Team has started. Trust within society is low. Mm. Change. They've had so much change. They don't want more change. Mm. You know, people just want to kind of stand. They're probably all in got PTSD. All of them. Everyone. You Everyone know. has it. Yeah. You know, you can't really go through an experience like that and see. You know, if we look at what happened with the Jewish community in that war as well. I mean, how do mm. you even as a society? It's it's so bleak, so bleak, and. I imagine everybody's really feeling kind of that way. The world's feeling that way. And I think, you know, trust and being scared and change all can, comes into play and, and people try and control what they don't understand or they, they're not ready for. And I think there's an element of that going on. You know, it's, it's quite complex. It's not just, yeah, I think it's quite a complex, complex issue. It um, is. Kind of, yeah. It actually is astounding that society recovered from war. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, never mind the, the just, oh, we're going to go to war. What, what went on? Mm. Particularly refer to the, the you know, the, um, the concentration camps and mm. like how, how, how anyone could, even now, how do you understand, how, how do you make sense of that, that that mm. could even be allowed to happen? How, 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 I, yeah. It's, and it's, it's like even more downfounding that war is still happening around us, like, yeah. you know, in, in other countries. We're, we're very lucky, touch wood, that it's not near us, but it is, yeah. it is you know, it's definitely still happening. And, and how can there be such horror and such, you know, people doing this to each other? It, it's quite shocking and, and very, very sad. The lessons are never learned. That's no. Power and greed and ego will always kind of trump any kind of i don't know lesson about being nice to each other i think at the moment anyway and especially i mean we could go down a hole <laughs> listen to us we've gone deep we've gone deep but you know there's a lot of polarization in views right now the algorithm is strong let's put it that way and mm. you know people are only seeing what they believe and they're not seeing the other side of the story and you know so they're staying very kind of um kind of in their in their zone about what they believe in there's no room for a conversation there's no room for discussion it's this or it's not everything's mm. i don't know it's a scary it's a scary place like that i mean it's not all bleak human beings are all no, no. we're wonderful we have but, dogs know. we have we've got dogs. yes <laughs> we have we have partying when you come to sydney you know like it's it's you know potatoes potatoes got good with the bad <laughs> Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> but I'll t- I tell you what, I'm not coming in winter again. I'm coming in summer next. <laughs> okay, I'll hold you to that. If uh, yeah. December, what, December, January, February, you're in, you're coming back. <laughs> I love that, yeah. But on a lighter note, I think there is something quite funny, and, and I think this is in particularly the first episode, it made me laugh out loud because there is this show has so much darkness to it as well as, you know, it's very light and shade, I like to say. And yeah. um, I think one of the funniest moments was when your son says they change underpants to undies. Like yes. I think that's so funny that it's such a such a foreign concept to another English speaking country. Is there yeah. anything that you learnt while filming in Sydney that you were like, "What is that?" And also, I am definitely using that again. 
God, do you know what? At the time, there'll have been loads of things. Now, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Let's think. <laughs> oh, um, oh, sometimes they would say for lunch, let's go and have a feed. <laughs> let's go and have a feed. And I'd be like, what? A feed? Let's go and have a feed. Yeah, let's no, have a feed. Be like, let's go have a feed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, You're going to feed. You're going to um, feed yourself, honey. <laughs> I mean, it's totally like, yeah, it's totally obvious. But also I was just like, it, it's like, I suppose it's the way it's said. I mean, there, honestly, there'll be so many things that I now can't think of off the top of my head because it's still early. Um, but yes, lots of mannerisms, lots of um, quirky ways of saying things. Um, Arvo in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> I actually will never forget my abuela. She got so angry at me one day because I said, oh, can so-and-so come over the Savo? And she literally was <laughs> so angry because she's Spanish, Filipino, so very, uh, you know, very, she was quite hoity-toity and she was fuming, fuming. Yeah, the, yeah there's a lot of abbreviations, isn't there? The, you speak the abreves over there. Yeah, the abreves. Funny. Did you get yeah. a good nickname? I want to know if you had a nickname. Fazy, no. Faye, Fayo. Uh, no, nah, you wouldn't have. Oh, I would have loved that though. Fazza. Fazza. My my daughter, Hattie Hook, who's a wonderful actress, Australian actress. Um, I think watch out for Hattie because she's gonna absolutely smash it. But um she uh she called me Fazza, Fazza Mazza. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, I'll take that. Take that, yeah. Fazza Mazza. That Fazza is hilarious. Yeah. But like I wanted I wanted a nickname, like, you know, like a proper like worker nickname, like Jobbo or like Truxy or something. I don't know. Like I just wanted something earthy and real, but I ended up getting Fazamaza, but that's all right. We'll Fazamaza is the biggest term of endearment. I, I truly <laughs> believe that. And um, I believe that that's what you should just change your name to on Instagram. It should be now right. Fazamaza. There we go. There we How go. How long gonna are you be- here for? Um, I was there for five months nearly, yeah. I'm like literal honorary Australian. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Honestly, I felt very at home, even though it was so far away from home. Um, I would, I would move there in a heartbeat, but like I said, it's just so far away. And I, you know, got family commitments here and niece and nephew, and you know, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be good in terms of of how my life's working out at the moment. But um, no, I felt very, 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 very welcome and very safe. And I loved, I loved the fact that Sydney has this kind of vibe where. You can be in the city in the kind of like downtown bit. What do you call that again? The the uh, the big CBD. CBD. Yep. Yeah. You'll be in the CBD doing your thing, living your best life and all that. And then you could go and sit in a little quiet corner near the water where no one was around. And it, like I said this to my, on my last interview, you know, um, London, as beautiful as it is, we're quite, we're quite stacked up here. We're quite on top of each other. Mm. Um, and yes, there are pockets, you know, and parks that you can go to that are are, are less kind of crazy and and um, intense. But in Sydney, I always felt like I could go just have a breather somewhere quietly and yet be right in one of the biggest cities, you know, in Australia, one of the kind of most vibrant cities. And I like being around water. I, I find like, I find oh. it quite beautiful. So Sydney is just bloody perfect for me. Is there it? water anywhere near where you're from? Um, I, yeah, I'm from the coast. So oh, I'm from, right. Of course there is. Yeah. Right on the sea there. So, and, and also, you know, two hours, not even drive and we're in the Lake district in, in the UK. The UK is tiny, obviously compared to Australia. So you can mm. get around 
very quickly um, to some really beautiful spots. I mean, I love England. Don't get me wrong. I love the UK. It's a beautiful It's gorgeous. Island. It but, um, is. It's gorgeous. And I love it I there. About Australia is I'd never been to a country where there are so many animals that if they bite you, you might die. <laughs> <laughs> did people warn you of that or did you just kind of come here and go oh what's that and people like don't touch that fazamaza no, no i was i was pretty i already knew like all right well great white's gonna eat me if i get in the sea um, I'm, terif- I'm terrified of snakes and obviously you've got like every snake on earth that will oh, kill yeah, you but they're not honey they're not in bondi they're not gonna <laughs> True. <laughs> the only thing I didn't really didn't want to see, which I, I I didn't because it was winter, was those horrible huntsman-y thingies. Those oh, they're big awful, hairy, awful things that they are don't do anything to you though. They just really, really garish and huge. Uh, like I've got, well, I've got, I've kind of got small hands. Very, very weird thing to tell you, but I do have small hands. But they are like the size of my hand, which is uh, huge. I'm sorry if you no, know what I mean. Absolutely not. Um, you, there was an incident actually on set where a brown snake had made its way into no. the grass. Yeah, where I was just wandering <laughs> in my uh, costume shoes with open ankles, da 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 da, and uh, all of a sudden it was like, yeah, the, the, uh, what was his name? Our you, our locations guy. I've forgotten his name. Bless him. Anyway, he comes running out with a bucket, and it's a it's a baby brown snake, which I'm oh, told a day. Yeah, horrible. they can kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little yeah. bite on the Just example. casually. Just casually, they can absolutely make you die. So. Yeah, make you die. <laughs> and the stories, I mean, I met a man in Karkor in the Blue Mountain who had been bitten by a red belly black. <gasps> and it's like great big scar. His name was Tony. I'll tell you a funny story about Tony. He, he, works, in the, he works in the pub, obviously. <laughs> obviously. And, uh, he, uh, he got mine and Warren's autographs tattooed onto his leg. No, he didn't. He did, yeah. He was. He'd had a, a few drinks one night, and he was like, <laughs> "You stars, are you?" We were like, "No, we're just actors. Don't worry about it." And he's like, "I'll have your autograph." Sorry for the awful Australian accent, by the way. It was actually pretty in- impressive. I was, I was Thanks. quite with I'm you work- there. I'm working on it. Anyway, <laughs> we write it down on this napkin, and uh, we go off somewhere else, a different location to film, and we come back to finish what we were doing there. Maybe three, four weeks later, and he just cocks his leg up. Bang! There it is. No, I've got a picture. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing. He was a very, very, very funny man. And uh, (laughs) yeah, so he was a red belly black guy. And then we had a camera, our, one of our DPs, she had been bitten by a funnel web when she was 12 and it nearly killed her while she was running a race. It jumped on her leg and just bit her. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. Come on. Terrifying. That has not happened to me. And I've lived in Australia my entire life. I'm yeah. telling you that had, that's a very rare occurrence. The fact that you met two people, I'm a pretty, I'm pretty shocked. Yeah, and then obviously that guy, that poor, poor man, about six months before we arrived, just off Little Bear, was eaten by a great white. So you know, it wasn't a good time for us. We were like, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. That is also not a regular occurrence. Oh, I know, but for some reason, everyone's getting bitten and nearly dying when I get on the plane. I mean, what's that about? Like, Did you get in the water? I wouldn't. I just sounded so Aussie then. Did you get in the water? That's how you say water. 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 I did. It took me a while and I definitely didn't go all the way in where I couldn't feel the bottom because (laughs) I was in Bondi and they have the, uh, that shark listening device, which I could see from my window up on Ben Buckler. Um, I could see it from my window. (laughs) 
you know, they've got they've got their jet skis and what have you and the helicopter. But I just I just it's a beautiful ocean. But I look at it and all I see is the, the creature Death. waiting for you know, destruction. Yeah, horror. Yeah. yeah. This is yeah. truly turned into a um a movie. What are they called? A movie um trailer. Death, horror, destruction. Oh, yeah. Australia. Yeah. You'd say that so much better than me. I can't, I can't do that. I would love to have that kind of voice. You know when you do like a full voiceover of like a yeah, yeah, trailer, yeah. movie trailer? But it yeah, is, I, look, it's not that bad, I promise. I have. I am, although I probably should uh, tell you that I am petrified of the ocean and petrified of the waves. So, that's, <laughs> so that's tricky for an Aussie, isn't it? Tricky, tricky. I know, but it's it's more the, I'm really scared of like big waves. Like I'm, I'm scared of like, I don't like being in the, in the ocean, in the water. Like I'll go swimming with my flatmate and he loves it. And I'll just be sitting, standing there freaking out every time a wave comes. So, you know, you're doing a little bit better than me. Do you go Bondi icebergs? I have been before. Yes. Cold, isn't it? It's cold. cold. Yeah. It's why it's called icebergs. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's we have so gone off topic, which I kind of love, to be honest. Great. It's great. Yeah. No, no, it's beautiful. I love it. But I actually am so curious. I mean, your career has just you. I was just researching you, and I was like, oh my god, the things that this woman has been in. How mm. insane for you to have been in Game of Thrones, Black Mirror, which, by the way, at the time of recording, is making a comeback. You know. Yeah. Those are huge, huge shows. I mean, has there been a moment when you've gone, oh, yeah, I've really made it? Um, not I've made it, but how have I done this? Is <laughs> more, more the kind of feeling. I think, you know, I think there's a lot of luck involved. I think being in the right place at the right time. You yes, think? of course. I work. Yeah, there is. Of course there is. Um, I work really hard. Don't get me wrong. I'm not kind of like doing myself a disservice but I do think there's an element of a massive element of luck and I think these things came at the right time and it's not I don't go oh I've made it but I do go wow good on you Marseille for for doing that because I'm not the most confident I'm quite shy it's I'm not to say that I I think I'm rubbish or anything like that I mean there are times when I think I'm rubbish (laughs) but I, I I come from a kind of a world where um, self-belief and kind of putting yourself out there is not the done thing. I come from a very kind of humble, you know, don't brag, um, don't get above your station kind of world. So it's very uncomfortable for me to, I, I wish, I wish there was part of me that was more kind of gun ho with my career and was more, um, yeah, no, then this is what I want to do next. I'm going to do that. But there's a, there's a real shyness in me and there's a real um, side of me that that definitely has imposter syndrome and um, and catastrophizes about, well, will I ever work again? There is that. And I think possibly because of that, I don't take things lightly and I, mm. I try really hard and, and maybe that's why I've done so well. I don't know. Um, I think there's elements of, lots of things um hard work luck right time and mm. um and and also just loving i mean you've got to love you've got to love this job really yeah. love it because it's really hard and i know that it comes off as real glamour and, and you know oh what a life and all this but no you're basically offering your 
sold to people to watch and critique and that's that's that takes guts actually that's quite it really uh, does yeah to have and people it, constantly yeah. telling you you know whether you're good yeah. or bad i could i i don't know how you do it i hate yeah. criticism <laughs> yeah and you know there are days where you'll be at work and and you don't want two cameras in your face saying go mm. on then and you don't want anyone looking at you like i say i am shy i have always been shy um and i yeah there's 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 that side of the of the job Mm. but I do think that that kind of yeah I do think that that's kind of propelled me to do some of the things I mean you know being being in Black Mirror was a massive thing for me because I was such a fan I think Mm. you know in is beautiful Game of Thrones as well I never I'd never watched it up until that point so that was kind of no never never and and I also didn't want to because I was I knew I'd be intimidated so I just thought right I'm just gonna go in and do this thing and Boom, got the part, and um, and same with Star Wars. Um, I've just done Andor for Disney last year. Um, that's Amazing. that's out now. And I'd never been a real Star Wars fan, but you know, it's it's about the. I mean, God, every actor says, but it is. It's about the character, and it's about what I can do. That's my job. Yeah, that's my. You know. Ah. Oh. That's it's it's amazing because you you have done so well. I do have one real quick last question though. Why is it the last question? Are we there already? I know. I'm so disappointed. I could just keep going. Well, it's all right. We'll we'll catch up when you're in Sydney, so it's fine. But uh, (laughs) I'm I'm curious because you have this imposter syndrome, and you you know you have this element of is there another job coming? If there was one piece of advice that you'd give to yourself at the beginning of your career, knowing where you're at now, what do you think that would be? Oh, that's a really good one, that. Really good. Um, I think it would be to calm down. Love it. And, and just trust myself a bit more. I know that's kind of like pretty kind of cliche answer but it's true I think I was very nervous in the beginning certainly mm. in the first years, I was very overwhelmed because I you know again I don't come from a family that's in remotely anywhere near this industry or, or anything like that wow. so I was nervous I was trying to find okay this is the kind of actor I am and I think I should just let that all go really and be more in the moment again another cliche piece of advice but it's true it's true it's true the, the reason these things get said is because they're actually true you know that's why they are very true do yeah. you want to know the craziest thing go on i have a piece of paper on my computer do you want to know what it says go on i want to trust myself and know that i can achieve everything i set for myself and know that i can live in and enjoy the moment there you go see it's that yeah i mean just we we all want the same thing we all want to feel and I don't think the word is happy because uh, because happy is 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 not really a t- uh, something you can sustain. It's more like contentment with a willingness to accept when things are mm. shit as well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want this to end, but I have to. I, I have know. to say goodbye. Unfortunately, oh, lovely to chat to you. Thank you for having me. Hi, it's Kat Stewart from Paramount Plus. It's Five Bedrooms. Thanks, Anita. Lovely to meet you. It's so lovely to meet you. I'm so excited about Five Bedrooms, by the way. I um, love this show. I have seen every season. I love hearing that. Um, we love making it. It's just, it's a really, it's a really happy, happy place. You know, we've been so lucky to do four of them now. So it's my happiest time of the year. And we've kind of 
we started it, we were so innocent, you know, in 2019, and then we got battered by lockdowns and delays and all that stuff. But um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a real joy. It's a real joy to do. Keep filming during lockdowns? No, you wouldn't because so, you're in Melbourne. So what happened? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah the, you did. We were in the thick of it. So the first series went off like a hitch. Second series, we shut down for three months mm. and then went back. The third series, that was interesting because that was during our fifth lockdown and we were able to keep filming, which is great, but we couldn't get any cast over the borders. So the writers had to do these radical rewrites, like massive, huge rewrites, a little bit of recasting with local actors, but basically rewrites. So the series that people saw, which was astonishingly good, uh, was nothing like <laughs> what, what the original, you know, elements of it were very different to what was originally planned. So it's amazing. They are Christine Bartlett and Michael Lucas are magicians. I can't believe that. That is, it, it feels like such a long time ago, but it also seems such a short time ago. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It's this time is kind of, those few years are just, well, it's only two years, I suppose, but they just feel kind of elastic. And I'm never, I'm talking about them and I'm never sure whether it was 20 or 21 or, you know, this is strange. I know. And we're almost halfway through this year, which is crazy towns. Yes, it is. Are you allowed to say if there's another season coming or not? No. Well, we don't know. You don't know yet. Um, we are, I mean, I think, I feel like we're really lucky to have got this far in this kind of climate. <laughs> it doesn't really happen to get long-running series. Um, so four series is pretty great. I think where we finish up at the end of this series without, you know, spoiling anything, you could leave us there. But then, as I say, you know, Christina and Michael are such magicians, I'm sure they could kind of manage to... Keep going. Yeah, yeah, find a way to keep us going. <laughs> well, let's talk about this new season because it's already started off with such a bang. I can't believe what everything that happens in the first episode. I was like, oh, my God, Manju, she's so beautiful. Case in point, so you might notice that we had none of her in Series 3. No. And it's a delight to have her back and she's front and centre this series. There's so much on her. She is probably like one of my favorite characters and one of my favorite actors because she's just brilliant. She is so mean to my character, Liz. <laughs> but you love her. You love her. If Liz just gets a whiff of approval or or anything from her, she's just all over, just, just desperately seeking her approval. Um, yeah, and and Kamud, who plays her, is just. Magnificent. So yeah, it's lovely. She's lovely so much Manju in this series. She has she has a very big fan in me, huge fan in me over here. Um, but so for those of, who haven't watched the first three episodes, which at the time of recording dropped last night, which was Sunday the fourteenth, can you give us a brief update on where we are in the new season? Just the cliff notes. Um, okay. Um, okay. So for people who don't know the show, just in a nutshell, it's the setup was five singles at a table at a wedding, don't know each other, near the speakers in the toilets, don't really know each other, get drunk, bemoan the fact that they can't afford real estate on their own, decide on a whim to buy a house, get the first one they bid for, oh, my God, we have to make this work somehow. So that's the setup. So season four for me is kind of thematically for me it's kind of these people have become a kind of a, a surrogate family. Family. And they've been like a soft landing place for each other. But at what point does that stop them perhaps living their best lives? Is it still helpful? Is it still 
good for them? Are these still healthy entanglements? Should they perhaps branch out? And that to me is the central question of this series, especially for Liz and Harry. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of what happens at the, um, in the very first episode, Manju is front and centre. Um, she decides she has a huge fight. It's her birthday. She has a huge fight with Harry and then they have this tussle about, you know, his loyalty to her and whether, in fact, you know, she should just go and, and live in a home and it's kind of a battle of wills they're playing chicken with each other. And I don't want to spoil too much because that's the beauty of um, streaming. You know, you can catch up whenever you want to catch up, but she is a force to be reckoned with and this uh, it kind of unravels or it kind of reveals itself in very unexpected ways and gives my mm. Liz great opportunities for growth because um, she very much involves herself with Manju and Harry's storyline and wants to be a part of it in ways I didn't, I didn't expect. And that's what I love about Liz. I think like over the last three seasons, your character has evolved so much. And what, how has it been like playing her and then watching her evolve and become this it's almost like a completely different person like I feel like if you looked at season one to now you really it is really a different character yeah I was talking about this with, with someone the other day it's that kind of thing of the private and the public face mm. I think we met her public face you know she had a she was quite aloof and not easy to get to know at the beginning she had the um, trappings of someone who was incredibly successful and quite closed, um, but we, we kind of learned as Series 1 progressed that a lot of that armour was just to conceal the fact that her life was a complete shit show um, and that she, was, uh, she inherited this terrible bankruptcy through her, um, her dodgy husband and that she was about on the cusp of losing her career, her home, everything because of him. And um, so we kind of met the professional face and then... These the ensuing series have been about kind of deconstructing that and seeing mm. what is going on underneath what happens to her when she takes away the rules and takes away the trappings of success. Who is she really? What kind of life does she really want to lead? And what kind of decisions is she going to make if she takes away the pressure of her status anxiety that we see so much of in the first series? So it's been a real interesting journey. And, yeah, she's very, very different to the woman I thought that we were meeting at the beginning. She's much more um, unsure. She's um, and much more real, you know. She's she's much more vulnerable than, than she was when, when we first met her, for sure. Absolutely. And I think that's the beauty of that character is that you can see so much of yourself, you know, as, as an audience, you can see so much of yourself in, in that kind of thing, putting on a facade but really going through like you said, an absolute shit show of a life and chaos because that is literally what life is. It's chaos. Yes. And then we all have our public, you know, face that we, we but they're living together. You know, it's gone. The facade's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and then that's who she is, you know, she's struggling. And I'm sure you've been asked this so many times in the last four years or this would be the fourth year. How much of yourself do you see in her? That's such an interesting question. Um, I think there are elements of, of me in every character I play. Mm. Um, I think that's kind of the thing. You've got to find what's truthful to you and then it's a part of you and you sort of amplify it or explore it more for the character. So certainly there's part of me in Liz, um, but I uh, no. <laughs> there's no way. 
I would do something. And I, I'd like to think that I'm not nearly as hung up on, you know, the trappings as she is. Um, but, but you know, there's there's some vanity and some selfishness there that, you know, I can, I can, I would like to think that I would overrule, that I would veto that before it comes out. But she's, <laughs> you know, she's quite, 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 uh, quite flawed, but I kind of enjoy yeah. they're, they're the delicious things. They're the ones. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's funny asking that question because it's more, you know, I guess the response, it's not really about like who, she, not not like what she goes through, but it's like do you see her, your, you know, having that strength? or that that tenacity to get through things or and it's it's really interesting to hear the response every time I ask it. That's why I always ask it. I think it's a really interesting question. Yeah. And then it, the great thing too is I never, I genuinely never know what's going to happen to me each season. Um and I think Michael and Christine, the writers, really get a kick out of kind of pushing all the characters into unexpected directions and see how we cope. Yeah, um, and so you know the fact that this this incredibly successful adversarial you know glamorous um, lawyer has been you know dropped into a share house, dealt with kind of communal food poisoning, um, uh, questioned her sexuality, lost her career, worked at a nursing home. You know th- these are these are things that she could never, I would never have imagined, and it's mm. just delicious. Just coping with it you know and seeing how she copes with it it's great fun I actually loved the sexuality storyline because that's something that you know I'm 36 so that's something that I've had thought about and and grappled with in the last couple of um in the last year or so and I think it's something that a lot of women go through um that they kind of explore and experiment actually people always say Anita you should have been doing this when you're in your early 20s and I'm like this is our sexual peak in the 30s and 40s. It's the time that women do that. What was that kind of storyline like for you? I, I love that too. Um, I think also someone like Liz, you know, she did everything by the book. And I think, you know, as part of her kind of shattering of, of who the life she had planned and who she thought she was going to be, that opens up everything. Mm. And um, and and the storyline with Jerry, I think, was very much part of that. It was like, okay, well, if I'm not doing what was expected of me, what what are the options? And, you know, this is a, a really deep friendship with a, a very old friend and, you know, what, how might that play out, you know? And I think that's, that's a, I love the, the nuance of that. I think they dealt with that in a really interesting way and they in really a way did. You know, there were real stakes in that for Liz too because it wasn't, it wasn't a fling or it wasn't a titillating storyline. It was about a deep, you know, long-standing relationship and, and, and also the implications of that on her kind of ideas about who she was and whether she was a good person or not because, you know, she was cheating on her husband and it was, there were so many layers to it which was, you know, the actor's dream. Yeah, it's a, it's a it was a great storyline, and actually, your husband Roger calls us Stuart. Hello, what a <laughs> very hard job, very hard job. So hard to be opposite Roger Corsa as his wife. So difficult. <laughs> he, <laughs> I actually saw Roger Corsa when I was. Oh, I don't, I don't want to know. I want to. Don't know. I don't know what age it was, but I saw him in Rent, and he had. Oh my rocks. god! Yeah. I saw that production too. with Christina New. Yes. Yeah. 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 
before, you know, I'm brilliant. I'm amazing. I've gone on to work with him now quite a few times in a peripheral way. This is the first yeah. time we've done really substantial stuff together. But he's just, he makes it look so easy. Doesn't Everyone, he? He's, he's so good. And, he, and when he was cast uh, as Stuart, that was so, I mean, I was t- horrified but also thrilled because, you know, I know and like him and have known him for so long, but he's so charming that I thought, oh, but you could really understand because I built him up as this dastardly villain of the character. Mm. But, but he makes so much sense for Liz because he's so charming and reasonable. You think, well, yeah, she would trust him. You know, this this this, this is plausible, you know. Absolutely. I mean, there are so many men like that, aren't they? Very charming because we could go on. But like that. <laughs> But they are. They can be very charming, and they they lure you in. And then you next thing you know, you're living in a house with five strangers or four strangers, and it's yeah. wild. It's, it's yeah. just so clever. What I love also about this show is just the interlocking storylines, the way that they weave in and out. One thing that I'm so heavily invested in, and I'm so sad that it's oh. Oh, no, we know by the end of last season, I'm so sad that it's kind of not happening at the moment. It's the Heather and Ben storyline. I know. I know. I I, I love them. That's, so I, do I. My, my favourite thread or my favourite kind of element that I'm not involved in is, is I, yeah, I have a big investment with with, um, with with Heather and. Yeah. 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 But, you know, that's the, I guess that's the thing. You can't. You can't have people happy for too long <laughs> on drama. Not in television. Yeah, no. not in television. Yeah, that's 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 the deal. But yeah, I, they're 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 so great together too. Doris so great Steve together. Great chemistry, and they love working together too. And it's yeah. the most bizarre thing because you would never put them together in reality. Like I think. Yeah, well, no, that's the great. They're, they're such an unexpected pairing, but I think that's kind of the case across the board they've been so great the writers and, and casting bringing unexpected I mean the whole show is about five unlikely people living mm. here the whole thing is about that that strange unexpected alchemy and that certainly is a genius pairing those two yes Doris is my spirit animal she's amazing honestly isn't she you have the like, best cast you, have to, like, you know you don't have to like people to work with them you know you, you can manage but I don't have to. Like I'm so lucky that I've made such such great friendships, and and I love every. We're, we're actually really tight. We spend as much time together as we can it when we're like working. It. Everyone's you know all over the country, but when we're shooting, it's it's really it's really special. And um, yeah, Doris is gold. Gold, I can imagine. But it is. It's. I guess that's the thing with your cast is that you've got these five incredible actors who are the core cast then you have all the outlying other people who kind of create the the show but what makes this cast so special to you um i think there's some some things you can't predict i think there's a bit of luck involved but um i think the fact that it's an ensemble and you know some of us might have started off being better known than the others or whatever we never it was always a level playing field ensemble very egalitarian there's no pecking order we're all equals um, and I think that set us up and we celebrate each other and we back each other up. Um, so that is a great and just decent people, good people, yeah. you know, and we, and we just get along and we all have, you know, a similar sense of humour and enjoy each other's work and like working together. So that's just, you can't, you can't kind of, there's no special recipe. That's just a lot of luck and just a really great 
positive show that, um, you know, for all the, the foibles and the, the drama and the conflict that inevitably happen, essentially it's a show that celebrates the fact that different people can sort stuff out. Mm. Like that, that's the, that's the, there's rub in this show, but essentially it's about, it's an inclusive show that, 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 that's about getting along despite obstacles. And so that, that, that spirit is very much, you know, embedded in the show and we're just really happy making it. And it's, it's really also about supporting one another, which I think is, is quite amazing as well. It's like you've got these five strangers who are no longer strangers, obviously, mm. but you all, you know, you, you all support one another, um, on the, the, the characters really support one another and they really are invested in each other. And I think that is so, so important. And it's not, it's not cookie cutter, you know, there's, you've got someone like, um, like Heather, who Doris plays, who's, you know, it'd be very hard place to get a compliment out of anything positive out of Heather. But they kind of, they kind of understand that. They have their own love language, you know. Liz just, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're like, I love seeing, actually I love working with, with Doris. When you've got Liz and Heather together, they're like kids with who are on the spectrum who parallel play. <laughs> they kind of. They work together, but they don't need to make eye contact. That's just kind of an understanding. Yes. I don't know. I just they have each character has its own way of relating. I love scenes with Ben and Liz too because you know they slept together once and then both mortified <laughs> about it, but they just kind of somehow make it work. And I just Steve <laughs> Peacock, Steve Peacock, God bless him. I love him. Katie Robertson is just a ray of sunshine. Anything. Then of course Johnny Carr, who's delightful. We've had more and more of him. And then Roy Joseph, who's my main scene partner, he plays Harry, and um, he's just... He's gorgeous, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Listen to us. Yeah. Listen to oh, us. Gush, gush, this gush. is just a gush fest, yeah. isn't it? I'm not, I'm not so lovely. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I bring that out in you. But it is, it's so nice to hear. I mean, I think I think people need to hear that, that the show that they're watching and they're loving, that there is actually quite a beautiful time behind the scenes. I think it's really important. The one thing I will say, though, speaking of Ben... What is he doing with Mel, mate? <laughs> oh, gee, that was a shock. Oh, oh, that was definitely a shock. That, I did not see that coming. None of us saw that coming. Having said that, <laughs> Kate Jenkinson is just, she's just gold. And, um, and what she's been able to do with the character of Mel mm. is really quite brilliant um, because she's an appalling character. Appalling. <laughs> I actually have a prediction. Yeah. But don't give anything away if I'm yeah. right. I just feel like she's a complete alcoholic and that's where this is going. There's a very layers to Mel and you'll get better. You'll definitely get, you'll get insights. Because I just, I feel like just because if you think about it, like especially in the first episode, it's all let's go get a drink. Let's go get a drink. So in my head, I was like, "Well, maybe this is actually, but you know, maybe I'm ready to do it too much, and I'm very excited." Maybe I should write this. Maybe I should write this. Uh, be part of the writing team. No, it's just, it's just, it's just interesting. I always love to have predictions in the first episode because then I like oh, see either how wrong I am or how right I am. But we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Is there any character, like I know that Manju, obviously, we've already spoken about her, her character is just divine, but is there any characters that we should watch out for for season four? 
Oh, yeah. Well, thing, yeah, having all of the support characters back after not having them in Series 3 was just such a such a thrill. Tracy Mann does an absolute star turn in Ep 3. She's just <laughs> mesmerising. Um, of course, we've got Roger Corsa. Um, uh, Jerry Hakewell will turn up as Liz's sister. Oh, and, oh, that'll be interesting. And I, I had so many people tell me, oh, you'll love her, you'll love her, you'll love her. And you're like, yeah, yeah we'll see. But, yeah, she's great. She's really great. I, I really did love her. Um, Alan Dukes is back. Excellent. And, um, and he's a genius. Um, uh, who else? These are the key ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but we've got an embarrassment of riches in the guest cast and supporting cast. Um, just thinking there's, oh, um, Maud Davey plays um, brilliant. Uh, she works at the nursing home and she's fantastic. She's back. Oh, as the, um, we've just seen her. She's just, she's the, um, oh, wait. Am I thinking of the right person? Is she the? Yeah, more, she, she, she runs, runs the nursing home. home. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, 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 yeah. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've just, yeah, okay, okay, good. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So this is what I what I think is really important to kind of show here is the vast amount of talent we have in this country. True, true. Yes, it's such a showcase of the vast amount of talent, and also, do you know what else it is? You're not all in your twenties. It is a vast. <laughs> really sorry, Cat Stewart, who's <laughs> been on TV for I twenty five years. Turn up the filter. This is outrageous. No, you're absolutely. Me neither, right. hun. I'm me neither. I'm not in my twenties. No, you know, you're so right, and that, that's one of the great things about this show. I love that it's people from different backgrounds. We've got, you know, when we started the show, we were ranging from twenties to fifties, thrown into a share house. What the hell? So, um, and and great meaty roles, especially for women over over forty. You know, and that's I want to see more of that. Because you know we're we're out there and we're holding the remote and we're we've got we've got interesting juicy stuff to, you know to to explore. Um, so I'm it's one of the great draws of this show for me. And it's Australian, so yeah. we've got you know women in their forties watching who can relate, even though they're probably not necessarily living in a flat chair. Uh, but in saying that, who knows? You know, they might have got people might have gotten divorced and are now exactly like Liz. You know, yeah, and and Heather, you know, to yeah, to, and oh, of course, and Heather, yeah, yeah, who've unexpectedly found themselves leaving their leaving their marriages and kind of making a fresh start and working out who they are. And exactly, finding their identity once more. I actually mm-hmm. lived on my own for a really long time and am now back in with actually with my best friend, so it's actually really good. But but it is, it's it's so different coming back into a flat share when you do know who, when you are trying to figure out who you are and when you are in a certain point in your life and going, you know what, I am this person now. I was never this person when I lived in a flat share before. And it is a really, really interesting kind of, view on on life I think because you've also got that somebody that you can share things with but not necessarily somebody who is that intimate with you do you know what I mean yeah I think it's a huge negotiation and what we were talking about before about the um the public face and the private face I think that's really hard to negotiate with Mm. people that aren't your family you know especially when you perhaps a bit older and you're set in your ways you know you've, you've worked that stuff out and then to have to kind of 
deal with, you know, who bought the toilet paper and, you know, have you cleaned the bathroom, all that stuff. You know, have like, you paid the bills? Yeah. Oh, have you paid? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm actually curious. I don't know if anyone's ever, I'm sure they have asked you this, but did you used to flat share yourself? I, and, you know, I feel like I'm living vicariously through Liz on this one. Um, no, I stayed I stayed at home uh, until my 20s and then I, I moved in with a boyfriend. So I skipped the whole share house. You never did it. Never did it. Never did it. Like Liz had never done it either. So it's her of horror course. and her bafflement. I was like, oh, this is great. I don't have to research this. I can just. <laughs> I know exactly what this feels like because this is really <laughs> baffling to me. But, but having said that, if I had to live with, you know, a group of people, I, I could live with this cast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I'd go now. I mean, I've got two kids. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? That is so true. Imagine bringing your kids in. Hey, we're just, you know, but I'm sure people do it. I mean, I'm sure there are people out there who, who absolutely have to flat share and have their kids every other weekend. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole other world. And yeah, hopefully, Hopefully I don't have to. You ever. would never. It's <laughs> not, <yeah. laughs> you would never. I'm very just, attached to my husband still. I'm so glad. That makes me so happy because otherwise that will become a Daily Mail headline. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a quick question though. Your career, I mean, you've been around, I couldn't believe this and I don't want to make you feel old at all because you're not, but... I could not believe that your first credit on IMDb, my favourite website in the world, was it in 1999? Are you seriously? Yeah. You have really been around that long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I look, I was I was doing guest roles, just sort of jobbing around and doing independent theatre and guest roles for a long time before kind of, I guess my first kind of breakthrough thing was probably Underbelly, which was yeah. 2008. Um, so, you know, I've been, I've been, look, I've been really fortunate to kind you of have. be ticking over and to, tell Australian stories and work with great people and, yeah, it's, 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 it has been a while. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I have told people that I was chatting to you because I was very excited and um, and they were like, oh, Cat Stewart, we love Cat Stewart. <laughs> but it's true because you have been a staple on TV in Australia for so long. So it's it's an, in such a wonderful way. And look at you now and don't look a day over 20 and oh. still... <laughs> Still killing it. No, but was there ever a moment in your career where you just went, oh, I've made it. This is it. Like this is this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. No. Oh, oh, what I want to do for the rest of my life, absolutely. But I was saying that when I was, you know, performing to houses of about six. <laughs> Independent theatre. No, I, I love this. Is See, I'm, I think I'm incredibly fortunate because this is my passion. This is what I want to do. So this isn't, you know, people have their passions and then they have their work. Mm. This is both for me. I, I, this is what I want to do. So um, I just, I just, I love it. So I've always wanted to do it. It's just been a matter of at different times, you know, does anyone else want me to do it? And yes. um, at different times, you know, especially starting out, there were lean years, which, you know, is challenging. And that's the life of an actor. You go through cycles of, you know, maybe being interesting to people and to not being so interesting to people. And, you know, you're just going to keep riding the wave and just keep doing work that you that you're proud of and I've been fortunate that I've had a pretty good run but you never know you know I never take it for granted mm. well I am hoping for years and years and years to come we will know exactly who you are we'll see you on our screens particularly in this this series it's such a great series oh, thanks, I can't believe that we are out of time already 
It went fast, didn't it? It did, it did. Thank you so much for chatting to me. I'm oh, just like, as you can tell, I absolutely love this show. It is one of my favourite Australian dramas. So oh, I love hearing that and edit. Now we put so much love into it and, yeah, so that makes me really happy and I hope, I hope audiences enjoy it. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the entertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast.